0: Welcome to episode 118 of the FarmExec podcast. I'm Miranda Schmoffis, group social media editor of FarmExec Magazine and your podcast host. Joining me this week is our group editorial director, Lisa Henderson. FarmExec Magazine is a multimedia publishing brand that brings you the latest commercial insights to help you master the science of success. On this week's episode, Lisa and I have the pleasure of speaking with Paula Brown Stafford, CEO of Novan. Paula is here to discuss the company's upcoming NDA filing for its topical agent for Molluscum Contagiosum, what commercialization looks like, and her goals for the future. We'll be right back with Paula's interview after a word from our sponsor. LabVantage Solutions is a global leader in enterprise laboratory software solutions that improve customer outcomes by transforming data into knowledge. Its intelligent LIMS platform features advanced analytics, state-of-the-art AI, and mixed reality technologies that enable revolutionary advances in the pharmaceutical industry by drawing greater insights from broad data sets. For more information, visit labvantage.com. Hello, podcasters. Today, Lisa and I will be interviewing Paula Brown-Stafford, CEO of Novan. Paula is here to give us an insight into Novan's corporate culture and their upcoming NDA filing for its topical agent for Molluscum Contagiosum. Thanks for joining us today, Paula. So to get us started, can you describe Novan's corporate culture?
1: Novan is interesting. It started out of, was an academic spin-out, And from UNC Chapel Hill, which I actually happen to be a double graduate of. And I came and I'm actually the third CEO since the founding of the company. And so a lot of times we talk about Novan 3.0, but at the core, the culture is, you know, we've established, I would say, a, a new culture since I became CEO. And we've based it around our five values, which happen to spell pride. So the team has a lot of pride in pushing forward and really getting our first product, hopefully approved. We'll be submitting our first NDA later this year. And the culture is just keep pushing forward when you believe in what you're doing. And everybody here really believes in what we're doing and we're just pushing forward and our, our pride our performance, respect, innovation, dynamic, and engaged. And that is the culture at NOVAN.
2: Thanks, Paula. And you just mentioned that you anticipated filing the NDA for birdazomir, the gel, and it's 10.3% for a condition molluscum. Do you have a specific filing date for that, or you're just anticipating by the end of the year?
1: Yes, all we've said is by the end of the year publicly, and that is what we're working toward. You know, We've finished our phase three clinical trial last July, and really it's been around manufacturing and CMC and the stability of our batches, and that's you know what's between us and our filings. So it'll be in the fourth quarter before the end of this year is what we are targeting
2: and we're on track for excellent did you use decentralized trials components for that kind of sort of <laughs> so i would say
1: that because of covid we did have the ability with our patients to have remote visits but in fact you know we recruited over 900 patients in a 5 month period wow. during covid yeah. and that's just how prominent this, you know, condition disease really is. So is a, it is an infectious disease and, you know, it's very prominent in mostly children. And we were able to recruit in that amount of time. Like I said, over 900 patients in five months.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's pretty significant.
0: So as you said, it's an infectious disease and Lisa and I are by no means doctors. But when you read how it can be spread, it sounds similar to monkeypox, In fact, recently, a newborn was diagnosed with Molluscum before they realized it was monkeypox. So we were wondering, is there any relation between the two?
1: Uh, There is, actually. So they are in the same family, Pox viridae. Um, There's actually 83 species in that family. And the three most common are Vaccinia, which is primarily in India, Molluscopox virus, which is Molluscum contagiosum, and then Monkeypox. I think in the U.S. right now, there's about 11,000 cases of monkeypox. And the current number of molluscum cases in the U.S. is around 6 million. And they're they're similar in how they present themselves in these raised bumps on Mm -hmm. the skin. And then they're, you know, with the the children with molluscum pox or, you know, molluscum, they are shared often at the pool by towels or at the gym. Rolling on a mat, gymnastics, or wrestling. And it's usually where you're sharing some towel or something like that, or you're having skin contact. And, you know, molluscum, each individual lesion lasts around a month, but because as you itch them, they spread, the average time to resolve is around 13 months. But with molluscum, some children can have it as long as five years because there's an underlying virus that is just underneath the skin. And, you know, the more you itch and the more you scratch, the more likely you are to scar your skin,
2: actually. Yeah, I was going to ask you that, actually. So there is that scarring. And I did read that where for the kids, you know, it could actually take a very long time for it to resolve. So, you know, so there's a lot of physicians and mothers and fathers
1: who are anxious because there is no FDA-approved treatment for molluscum. The only thing that patients are told from their pediatrician is either go home and wait till it goes away or go to a dermatologist and have a procedure. And then the patients go to the dermatologist and the procedures are some sort of usually cutting, burning, or freezing which are not things that all parents want to have done on their two, three or four year old. You know, the average age is around six or seven. As young as six months old, they can get molluscapox or molluscum. So it's very interesting and, and it's highly contagious. And, you know, the older the children are, the more bothered they are by just the look depending on if they're on their face or on the backs of their legs. And there's the psychosocial aspect of, you know, having these lesions. Our trial, the patients could have from three to 77 zero. So that's a lot of lesions and certainly a lot of lesions to have burned or cut or frozen. So we have a gel that had very positive efficacy and uh, favorable safety results in you know, several phase three trials. So we're Looking forward to hopefully submitting that NDA for the end of the year and trying to work toward an approval.
0: So what type of commercial strategy do you envision if the NDA is approved? That's a great question
1: because we have a sales force today. We have four products being promoted today with an acquisition that we did in March of this year. So we have a commercial infrastructure that calls on and details to dermatologists. So that will be the beginning if we launch. And we would focus on pediatric dermatologists and regular dermatologists and their PAs even and nurse providers. So we will start there. But as I mentioned, most of these patients present themselves at pediatricians, but the pediatricians are not doing the procedures which are used primarily today since there's no FDA approved treatment so we will also begin an awareness campaign if it is approved you know with pediatricians and it's hard to call on pediatricians with salesforce because there are so many pediatricians in the US compared to how many dermatologists so you'd really never be able to get out there and get to all of them so we will address that commercialization strategy digitally so we'll be online and also at trade conferences and medical conferences, we'll be you know, sharing our, our data um, before approval. Um, we're doing that now through our medical team. And then after approval, we'll be following, if we're approved, we'll be following the label, as we say, with our sales and,
0: and marketing team. You also have the Bertisimer gel in studies for acne vulgaris. What are you anticipating that approval pathway to look like? So SB204
1: is a product for acne. It's the same API as used with SB206 for molluscum. It's all based on the nitrosil technology that came out of UNC. So once if we have approval for SB206, it certainly makes it easier for us to submit an NDA for SB204. But we do need to run one more phase three trial for acne. Now, SB204 is less nitric oxide, and that's because you're treating an entire face for acne. With molluscum, you have these little lesions on the skin, and you're only treating the actual lesion. So that's a little bit of a difference, but the formulation is just a little less nitric oxide and a different um, hydrogel, which releases the nitric oxide. So anyway, the path for acne, we have funding needs to run that final phase three pivotal trial. So we are working toward the funding or a partnership in order to run that trial and then hopefully be in a position to submit our second NDA.
2: Excellent. Thank you for explaining the two conditions. I mean, and how the different content of the API is used. I mean, for kids, I can, and adolescents, of course, it's on their legs and their self conscious you know, that's, it's a really good thing to help them. Yeah, no,
1: I've had some emails come in, people thanking me for what we're doing because, you know, they spent some time with a relative who was, you know, 14 years old, and she was, you know, very self-conscious about the lesions. And, you know, it was a really nice email to receive to really understand that there are, you know, patients and families of patients who who appreciate what we're doing.
2: Definitely. So you've been recognized this year by the Triangle Business Journal, and you received their Women in Business Lifetime Achievement Award. So how did you feel about that? It made me feel old.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I thought, oh no, does this mean my life is over? I, <laughs> you know, I, I still have more to more to do, uh, and so um, it, it made me feel old. But I was very appreciative, and um, you know, I really did appreciate the award, and I think it was recognizing my my work at Quintiles and and my work here at Novan and at the university, et cetera. So very much appreciated.
0: So building off of that, what other professional goals do you have? What's next?
1: (laughs) Well, right now, I I really want Novan and our employees to be successful. I want us to file this NDA and I want us to have the discussions with the agency over the next year and, you know, really want to bring a new product to market. You know, when I was 15 years old, I worked in a pharmacy and I always wanted to be a pharmacist because I wanted to help people. And it's been a very circuitous route for me that I ended up becoming a biostatistician. But now I'm the CEO of a pharma company who can actually bring a product to market for patients who, you know, really have no choice right now for a treatment other than a procedure. So, Right now, my professional goal is, you know, to help NoVan be successful. And, you know, I'm really focused on just contributing positively to bringing healthcare solutions, you know, forward.
2: Excellent. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, I hope that uh, your listeners
1: are happy with uh, and get any good advice from me.
0: And now it's time for our leadership tips from pharma exec. Here's Paula Brown Stafford, CEO of Novan.
1: My advice for pharmaceutical executives is that if you're in the C-suite, you've probably been pretty competitive and that you like to win. And there's nothing wrong with liking to win. And I know I have a competitive spirit. And right now I want to win this approval right? I want to win this approval, but it's for my stakeholders. My stakeholders are patients, employees, and shareholders. And so I think that my advice to C-suite are be competitive. It's what makes us who we are, but be competitive for the right reasons. It's not just about you winning, but it's who you're winning for.
0: Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this week's Farm Exec podcast. We are always pleased to take you behind the headlines, provide expert tips from industry leaders, and give you an inside look at what the Farm Exec staff is working on. Remember, you can always find us on the web at farmexec.com, on Twitter at farmexec, on Instagram at farmexecutive, and on YouTube. The views expressed on this podcast do not reflect those of Exec, its parent company, or our advertisers. For editorial questions, please email editorial director Lisa Henderson at lhenderson at mjhlifesciences.com. And for sponsorship opportunities, please email group publisher Todd Baker at t-b-a-k-e-r at mjhlifesciences.com.